0: The fascination with food and diet and exercise has literally gotten so out of control. Like, I can't even explain it to you. I mean, you know this, obviously, but people are so obsessed with it and, and like, they're missing their life.
1: Katie, Katie, let it out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Katie Delbow, the host of the Let It Out podcast. If you are new, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're listening. If you've been listening for a while, forever, maybe back when it was called the Wellness Wonderland radio, welcome back and thank you for continuing to listen. I hope you love the show as much as I do. I hope it gives you some sort of value. I am so grateful for you guys listening because it allows me to have conversations with people that I admire in some way, people that I find are fascinating, people that I think are funny, people that I think are really cool. And I get to curate all of these people, all of these ideas, all of this inspiration and Just because I'm recording it and people are listening, I get to keep doing it. So, to help me keep doing it, if you find value in the show, it would be so great if you could support this so I can keep doing it. And, ways you can do that number one, share it with a friend. If you like this episode and you hear something that you think a friend of yours would also like or needs to hear, just send it to them lovingly. That would be cool. And another way to support the show is to give it a big high five by leaving a review on iTunes, leaving a rating and review. It's really easy. It only takes a second. I know it seems kind of silly, but it helps me out a ton. So doing it would be amazing. And just simply subscribing, actually clicking the subscribe button on your phone, on your iTelephone, on your Android telephone, whatever you're using. If you could just subscribe, that would be ideal because it really helps, again, bring more people to the show. I just want to be able to keep doing it, and it takes up a lot of time, which I'm not complaining about because I love every second I spend on it, and you know, I'm rambly, so that adds more seconds, (laughs) but... I really do. I love it so much, and I want to be able to keep doing it, but it takes a lot of time, like I said, and it costs a lot of money, and I just want to be able to bring the best content, the best people, and really up-level this and make the show better. So you guys helping out with that would be really awesome. You can always donate to the show as well. That's something that's on my website, com, where all the show notes are. And make sure you're looking at the show notes. That's a great way to connect with everyone who's who's on the show. So that's what's happening with that. Those are all the announcements. The other thing is to join the listener Facebook group because that's how listeners get to know each other and we can all interact with each other. It's a really fun community there and I'm really so glad I made that group and that it's growing and it's just a really interesting, fun place. Really loving energy there. So before I get into today's episode, you may have noticed that I actually lied to you guys last week. And not to make that dramatic, but you know how I always tell you at the end of the episode who's coming up on the show next week? So I actually made a mistake, and I thought it was going to be Natalie McNeil, who I love and is amazing, and she is going to be coming on the show. She's a repeat guest, so if you really needed your Natalie McNeil fix, you can go back to one of my previous episodes with her. Even I'll put it in the show notes so it's nice and easy to find, but she came on years ago, like two years ago, and we became great friends, and she's going to be coming back on the show. I love her. She's fantastic. But I'm trying to release these episodes somewhat in order-ish of when I recorded them, because I've recorded... I kind of just record as I'm inspired. You know, if I really think someone's cool and I discover them, I'm like, huh, I want to have a conversation with them, and I reach out, and then I do it, and then I kind of... Sometimes I have a lot of episodes on my computer at once. Right now, I think I have about 15 episodes on my computer close to 20 maybe and i'm really excited and eager to put them all out but i'm just putting one out once a week obviously because That's what I have time and money to afford to be able to do. And also, it would overwhelm me if I put out like 15 episodes in one week, or I don't know, maybe it would be nice Netflix style and and people could just listen as they will. Anyway, I'm not doing that. They're still coming out once a week-ish. The point of this is to tell you that this week I have Audra. She is this really cool person who I discovered through social media. She's this girl Audra on Instagram and on YouTube. She's a YouTube personality. She is a Instagrammer and she is someone who's so smart and really helped me out a lot personally. She came into my life about over a year ago now and through social media, the lovely world of social media, It's brought me to get to know so many cool people, and she is an author of a bunch of eBooks about quitting dieting and about how to get your period back and heal your metabolism. And anyway, I was introduced to her by a friend on Carly. Do you guys remember Carly Gross, my good friend? She's been on the podcast twice as well. And she tagged me many months ago, uh, or about a year ago, in one of Audra's posts on Instagram. You know, how you tag your friends, and you're like, whatever. And I really, this this Audra girl, really kind of blew my mind. And I got to know her, and she... This episode, you know, for, for people just coming to my work or people who have been familiar my episodes vary you know so I've had on comedians and artists and filmmakers and body positive activists and also I've had on health coaches and intuitive eating people and therapists and just a really wide variety of people authors entrepreneurs lots of different people and one thing you know I I like to ask everyone is about body image but this episode in particular is very Heavy on anti dieting and talking a lot about healing your metabolism, and so in this episode we do focus on diet recovery. And if you're a normal eater and have never struggled with body image or your relationship to food or you know over exercising or you know your metabolism or anything like that, if you've never dieted in your life and you're just a totally normal eater, a you you might not have even been listening to this podcast, and b. Congratulations. That is awesome and I wish that that had been the case for me, although I probably wouldn't be here having this conversation. I'm just telling you that because it might be boring for you if you're a normal eater and you, you know, never ever struggled with this or you might find it really fascinating and interesting about wow, other people live that way. That is interesting and you know crazy so you might learn something so either way listen on but just so you know we are talking a lot about my personal eating disorder journey I guess Um, that word I feel like the word journey is so overused it's even in the subtitle of my book but either way my eating disorder journey we really get into more specifics in that that I haven't shared before about my recovery from that and what that was like we talk a lot about how You know, different things work for different people when it comes to diet and exercise, but we really talk about, you know, ditching dieting, how to get your period back if you've lost it for a while, how to heal your metabolism. We talk about the Minnesota starvation experiment experiment which I've talked about before the Ansel keys experiment but we really get into it here in a way that I think is really important and this is a really nice compliment to the Linda bacon episode if you listen to that episode recently this one is a really big compliment to that one I recorded them close together when I was really really learning this stuff kind of for the first time and like I said it's been about a almost a year since I recorded this or it has been a year since I recorded this and I really, really want wanted to still put this episode out, even though I'm not really focusing on ditching dieting anymore, and I'm not really focusing on getting my period back anymore and healing my metabolism anymore, because I'm happy to report those things have really come together in my life. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. But I know that a lot of people listening have similar struggles and similar stories to me and lately a lot of girls and i can think of a couple in particular have come to me with these struggles of i want to eat this but i'm scared and i don't know and how much of this should i eat and my period hasn't come back and i the doctors tell me to do this and that and this and that and i so understand where they are and i was there and a lot of times i still am there i still struggle with body image from time to time i still you know have feelings about all this stuff but i'm it's just so not my focus anymore and I'm so happy to report that. I still for sure have times where I really don't feel comfortable in my clothes and I don't love my body and I think that that's normal and that's okay but I don't let it take me out and I just don't think about it quite as much and Audra was actually a really big help for me. She was so kind to me and really helped me a lot with my getting my period back and I hope this isn't too TMI for people but you know the name of this podcast is let it out so I'm just letting it all out but I hadn't had my period for about almost seven years and we talked about this I've you've probably heard me talk about this on different episodes of the podcast here and there and I you know I talked to hormonal experts and doctors and so many people And when I finally just chilled out about food and did a lot of the things that Audra is talking about in this episode, and basically I just fully legalized all foods from carbs to fat and chilled out about the way that I was eating and ate more food, and my period came back. And like I said, it's not perfect, it's not regular, and I don't know the exact thing that I did to make it happen I don't think there's an exact formula for me or for anyone else but the things that she shared in this episode really helped me and made my period come back and helped me to feel more like a normal eater and a normal human being that isn't obsessed with food and dieting finally right so I can just focus on my life and other things that actually matter so I hope you enjoyed this episode I really truly think you will I think it's an important one to share with a friend who might be struggling in this way with the diet jail and exercise jail and food jail and really get out of that anyway let's get into this week's episode I hope you guys have a lovely week and again Natalie McNeil will be back on the show later and there's so many good episodes coming up I'm gonna just not even tell you who's coming up on the show next week because to be honest with you I'm not quite sure yet I'll start telling you again coming up but to make you get excited for the next episode but just know there's so many good people sitting on my computer right now having conversations with me and well they're not like physically sitting on my computer like their butt is not on my keyboard I just mean their conversations are recorded and they are saved on my computer and they will be in your headphones very very soon however next week's going to be a wild card so just come back and listen that's all I have to say about that all right love you guys talk to you soon all right so let's just zoom the lens back and start with your story and how you got to where you are with helping people ditch the diets and do the work you're doing today
0: yeah so you know for me, um growing up, I didn't know anything about diets. I didn't even know what a calorie was like i just I didn't really care. you know, I just
1: ate whatever we had and went out to eat a
0: lot, that kind of thing and um I went on my first diet when I was in high school uh, just to get ready for spring break and it was a low carb diet and ever since then, um you know through that whole thing, because I was on such a low carb diet, like i ended up going through like this binge restrict cycle where I was just starving all the time, just craving carbs. I ended up gaining a ton of weight. Um, And then the funny thing was when I stopped doing the binging and restricting, I actually lost weight. Uh, And then I went through a period of uh, all types of other diets, like basically just looking for the Holy grail of health kind of thing, you know, everything from raw veganism to, uh, if it fits your macros to paleo, to a ketogenic diet, to weight watchers, to, um, yeah, I mean, like if, if it's out there, like (laughs) I've done it basically. Um, and so, you know, like where I am now, and in addition to that too, is the whole exercise thing, like any type of exercise, whether it's high intensity or endurance training, like I was a big runner and swimmer, um, you know, like, any type of circuit training, P90X, like, everything. I mean, I feel like I've just... You've could, all over. Yeah, like, I could be a spokesperson for any, any and all diet and exercise plans. Um, but because of that, um, you know, at this point, I have just gotten to a point to where I've seen not only what it's done to me mentally, but also physically, and how it is literally ruining... Uh, people's lives specifically in my case like younger girls like mm-hmm. that's what I really focus on um but you know I'm up for helping anybody and everybody and just kind of getting to a place where you feel comfortable with what you're eating and you feel comfortable with your body and you're not like a slave to your exercise routine basically
1: yeah yes. it's it's fascinating how this is becoming so prevalent so much earlier in people and I, I had an. um Dr. Joy Jacobs a couple episodes back and she was talking about, you know, she works with um, really young kids with eating disorders and she'll have kids in her office as young as like eight or nine. Mm -hmm. And it just breaks my heart, you know, because what you said at the beginning of your story is that like as a kid, at least you didn't know what a calorie was. You were just eating out. You were just eating intuitively, even though you didn't call it intuitive eating. And, And now it's just because of our diet culture that we live in, it's, becoming earlier and earlier to the fact that, you know, we need people like you doing this work and having conversations like we're having right now to, to show people and really young girls that there's another way and there's another way to do it. It doesn't have to be so hard.
0: Exactly. Yes, exactly. So bringing us up to the present
1: then, did was there a moment that you knew, like you had been through all of this and you were just like enough is enough. When did you know that you wanted to spread the message about this and start doing this work and really sharing in the way that you do online?
0: Well, you know, it kind of just happened. It, it honestly just kind of like fell into my lap. Um, I had just been through so much and it wasn't so much like I just woke up one day and was like, okay, you know, I think I'm just going to start helping girls get their period back or so helping girls, you know, stop exercising or whatever. Um, for me, it was more of just like opening up and just sharing my story. That was kind of the, the like spark. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just talked to like, like local people, you know, like local friends that I have, and then like a few people like on social media. And I noticed that it was like a really big deal. And, um, you know, we would kind of like encourage each other and help each other and stuff. But then I got very interested in it. And, uh, just started like doing a lot of research and a lot of studying. And like, I've re literally like researched and studied this stuff for the past six years at least. Um, but I wasn't like to a point to where I was open with like sharing with people about my story, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, but like I, I knew all the ins and outs, I knew what you had to do, that type of thing. And so, um, you know, it just kind of just started happening and, people would be like, oh my gosh, like I heard, you know, like you helped this girl get her period back. Like, can you help me? And I was like, well, sure. You know? And it just kind of started rolling from there. And it's been like that for, you know, a good year or so. Um, And, you know, it's it's a learning process. It definitely is. Um, But, you know, it's so rewarding just knowing that, like you were just saying, like younger girls, like literally... I get emails from girls who are like 12 years old and, oh, you know, yeah, like they don't, they're, they're eating like 500 calories a day and they're working oh, out gosh. like four hours a day and they're so fixated on their body, you know, and
1: it I've had a
0: heart. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, so that's basically at this point, what I've devoted my life to is just being like, look, guys, like, I know what it's like, like, my is a little different because, like I said, I've also been overweight and underweight, so I can kind of empathize with everybody. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, it just kind of started like that, and from that point forward, I just did some more uh, education and stuff and then just, you know, always researching, always staying up to date on everything as yeah. best yeah. as I can. But, you know, at the end of the day, the, the message and the... Um, Kind of like the prescription for for helping these type of people is all the same. It's just stop your crazy diet, eat a lot of food, rest, and stop the crazy exercise. Like that's basically it in a
1: nutshell. That's that's amazing, and I think it's it's fascinating, you know, to hear that um, that you kind of just stumbled into this work as well. And and that was really the case for me. And it's interesting that you talk about the fact that like it all kind of changed when you started to be really real and open up with your story and you know that's something I talk about a lot here is like when people are real people fall in love with that right when people are just authentic and themselves and and open about their story that's when people can connect because people don't we're so sick and tired of you know people trying to be a certain way and um, holding up a certain ideal I think when you you know when you let your guard down you can really connect with people. Like it's it's funny, Audra, I actually found you. Someone who listens to my podcast, um, and a friend of mine actually tagged me in a Instagram post that you had posted and I think you were like at your grandmother's or something and um she didn't have, like, any of the food that you would normally eat, but you were hungry, and so you were like, I'm not going to, like, go home or bring my special food, and so you just, like, made yourself a peanut butter and jelly with what she had, and it was fine, and you lived, and you're totally fine and healthy, you know? And it was just such a great post that helped so many girls that I was like, oh, my God, this girl's got it going on she's really um this is an awesome message that so many people need to hear because as simple as that sounds for a lot of people caught in this mindset that is like something radical right like when you yeah. were in yeah. your like at the height of your diet days or orthorexia or whatever you want to call it right um, you know, to to do something as simple as that, right? Like, um, eat when you're hungry and just use what you've got seems so radical when you're really caught in that mindset. So you sharing that authentically online is, is really helping a lot of people and it's shifting a lot of people's perspectives on this. Um, so I really commend you on that.
0: Yeah. You know, and the funny thing is like you point, I mean, you, you just said that perfectly, like, to any normal person, even probably listening to this podcast right now, is like, who? why is that such a big deal, just to go make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know? Right. Um, right. But for somebody who has been through the idea that white bread is bad, peanut butter is bad, jelly that has sugar in it is bad, um, you know, if it's too high in fat or too high in carbs or whatever. Food and dairy, all of it. Food combining, yeah. there's so much. Yeah, yeah. Like... You know, it, it's processed. It's made by this certain company. I what mean, time are you eating it? We could go on. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, you can go like, and that's my whole thing. Like, that's what I really try to tell people. Like, you can take this as far as you want it. You know, yeah. um, and literally, you can get to where you are only eating. Like, I just did a consultation with a girl the other day, and all she has gotten down to where she allows herself to eat is literally like a few vegetables, like a handful of vegetables and like a certain type of rice. And it's like, you know, because she's afraid of every other food, she's researched it and there's something wrong with it. And, you know, it's going to make her fat. It's going to make her sick. It's going to give her cancer. It's going to give her like diabetes or something. And it's like, okay, you know, like you can get so far in this that your mind gets totally warped. And you have, like, it's almost like you're like a rat stuck in a cage and you don't know how to get out, basically. And, Same. you know, like, with my whole post on that, it was just like, look, you know, yes, I personally, I do follow a plant-based diet, um, like a vegan diet, but I am so relaxed in that that that's what I try to share, you know, because I'm working with people who both, like, one. some of my audience has eating disorders, you know. And the other part of my audience has their vegans. And um, so the issue is a lot of times vegans can get very, very stuck in this orthorexic mindset that, you know, eating some white bread is going to literally send you to the hospital type of thing. And, um, you know, so that's my whole thing. It's just like,
1: guys. Chilling out.
0: Yeah. and, And living your life. I mean, like if I'm at my family's house, you know, and I've done this before, like I've brought my own food in a little baggie I've you know like skipped a meal or fasted because they didn't have something ideal you know that type of thing and it was like that got me nowhere if anything that made my problems worse so if I'm here I'm just going to make the most out of what what we've got you know and just live my life and and for me we put so much emphasis on food you know and it's like we don't even spend time with the people that are around us like we're like we could be with our family and all we think about is food instead of just hanging out and talking about memories and making new memories and that type of thing
1: right and and that's something i i talk about a lot on this podcast and it's interesting you said that people a lot of people listening would just think oh what are they talking about but unfortunately or fortunately a majority of the the people listening you know not the majority but i know my listeners and i know that you know there's a good amount who have do have a similar story to to mine and yours who have been in that orthorexic dogmatic diet mindset where that doesn't sound so crazy to be flipped out about you know the the white bread or whatever it is and you know i think it's like it's a slippery slope when you start putting labels on anything but i really like to look at diet as something you know like you said there it's not about the food right i really look at it and i've said this many times before it's about making your life as a whole really beautiful make your life your masterpiece not your body right like we can we can spend our lives trying to manipulate our bodies to look a certain way or we can just live our lives and you know it's not fun to just have this body um but then not be living your life so i think it's really about Blending the two together in a, in a way that that works for you, um, yeah. and since so many people listening do struggle with the you know cycle of losing their period, and there's so many, and I've had so many different hormonal experts on the podcast, and I've spoken to people all over the spectrum on what to do to heal those issues, and you have a lot of good points on that, and so you know you kind of gave your top line, you know just eat more and stop exercising so much and chill out and, and stop being so stressed, But and you have many videos that, that we can link to about this, but I'd love if you could talk a little bit about, you've really um, shifted a lot of people's perception about being so scared of carbs, of carbohydrates, and um, you know a lot of people avoid them, and, or not even just carbs, but lots of different food groups, whether it's fats or whatever. Um, and so I would love if you could talk a little bit about how carbs are so crucial for people getting their periods back and balancing their hormones because I don't I other than, you know, what I've found from you, I haven't really heard too much about that out there and it's it's fascinating and legalizing that food group I think can actually help a lot of people with that amenorrhea issue.
0: Yeah, for sure. And honestly, this is like my Favorite topic because, um, you know, for me, when I was dealing with amenorrhea, um, I did tons of research. You know, I just made myself the guinea pig and I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to research how do you get your period back? Like, what do you do? I went and saw tons of doctors, like everything, and it all came down to them telling me you need to, number one, you need to gain weight, and number two, you need to eat fat. And I was like, okay, so. I started my journey of gaining weight and eating fat. And literally, when I say eating fat, like I'm talking like tablespoon after tablespoon of coconut oil, you know, making like four egg omelets with raw cheese and like dipping it in bacon grease, like no joke. Uh, you know, just like the fattiest cut of meat you can imagine, peanut butter, nuts, like li- literally, I mean, there's no telling like what my percentage of fat was coming from my calories. Um, but the interesting thing was, even though I gained weight and I was eating fat, um, I still was not uh, having a period. And uh, at the now same I have a th-
1: question for you. Were you eating carbs with all of that fat too, or were you still avoiding carbs?
0: No. At this point, um, I was. I was... Well, I'll take that back. At the beginning of this, I was not eating any carbs, because the doctors and everything that you read says, you need to stay away from the carbs, like you know, specifically, um, like, if you have been diagnosed with PCOS, which is a whole other thing that Mm -hmm. people are misdiagnosed with these days, Um, specifically girls with amenorrhea. Um, But, you know, that was the whole thing. It was like, don't eat a lot of carbs if you want some, like, pick the low glycemic ones, blah, blah, blah. And so at the beginning, I wasn't eating many carbs at all. And then I kind of started adding, like, maybe a little bit of sweet potato, maybe some, like, a half a banana, maybe, like... You know, um some blueberries or something like that, but my period never came back, and not to mention, I was actually gaining weight too, and so it was like you know a lot of people talk about um being weight restored, and then once your weight was restored, you'll get your period back. well, I was definitely weight restored, I was actually over my normal weight, um but still, there was no period and so um, that's basically what led me um, to the idea of, of just kind of thinking through, like, what what is going on, you know. And I think I had read some uh, stuff online and, and read um, another girl's testimony, and she was actually a vegan, and she was a high carb uh, vegan or whatever, and she was just eating a ton of fruit and a ton of like rice and potatoes and all types of stuff, and I was like you know what, like, I'm just going to try this. Might as well, yeah, guinea pig. Exactly, and like, in her story, she mentioned that she got her period back, and she ended up balancing her hormones and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, you know what, like, I might as well. I mean, here I am, like, drinking bacon grease, basically, so, and I'm craving carbs like crazy, you know, like, we crave carbs. So, um... It was so funny, like literally within three weeks of totally shifting my diet and taking out uh, the animal products and like the super high fat like oils and stuff like that and switching to eating tons and tons of like rice and beans and potatoes and fruit and sugar um, and like processed type of foods that are just super high in calorie and they digest very quickly, within three weeks I got my period back and this was after like not having a period for a long time um and so after a lot of research that i've done like obviously i'm not like a scientific scholar or doctor or anything but the hypothalamus you know obviously is very connected to your reproductive system and to really feel like calm and at peace and at ease it needs glucose and it needs carbs to feel that way and so that's the whole thing that I teach is that your body is craving consistency. It's craving uh, just feeling at ease, feeling at peace. And the best thing that's going to make it feel that way is carbs uh, because that's what our body runs off of basically. And so when you're totally depleted from carbs, it's very, very difficult for your for your brain and for your reproductive system to be like, hey, you know, like I feel really good. I'm getting fed. Uh, I've got this energy. i got this glucose coming in. So... I think I'm going to start working now, you know, Um, and plus at the same time, like, you know, all the low-carb stuff that's out there now um, is really giving a lot of, like, issues to people, specifically women, Um, you know, like going on a super low-carb Atkins diet or paleo diet or ketogenic diet, um, you know, women are losing their periods right and left, and they keep thinking, like, I need to eat more fat, I need to eat more fat, and fat is totally important, but my whole thing is you need carbs more than you need fat. Um, And even in saying that, like I have to put a little asterisk there because some people take that as saying, okay, well I'm just going to eat carbs and I'm going to cut out fat. And it's like, it's like, no, I'm not saying that like focus on the carbs and eat fat. If you want to, Um, you know, eat as much as you want, because that's definitely going to help your chances of getting your period back. Um, But definitely do not be skimping on the carbs. Most of your calories need to be coming from carbs and, The really interesting thing is that every single girl that I've worked with through this, um, you know, and they've stuck with this and actually done it, I've not had one person come back to me and say, I didn't get my period. You know, like, granted, it takes a long time. that's a great track record. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it takes longer for certain people. Some people it takes a few weeks. Some people it takes three months. Some people it takes six months. But a lot of that, too... Has to do with their exercise and activity level as well. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things that are connected with this. uh, But yes, definitely high carb is the way to go. Like, if you want your period back, if you want your fertility, if you want to be able to get pregnant, like, whatever, stick to the carbs all day long.
1: Okay, so I want to be super clear for the people listening, and ju- and you touched on this for a second there, but I just don't want people to jump onto that idea of, okay, I was only eating fat, now I'm going to only eat carbs. So is this something that should be done in addition to still eating healthy fats like avocados and nut butters and then also Add just adding in the the carbs or replacing maybe some of the fat and just having like slightly less and getting the majority of your calories from the carbs? Is that how you look at that?
0: Yeah, you know, the way that I say it is figure out what works best for you. Um, You know, I'm definitely not saying, just to be clear, I'm not saying cut out all of the fat and just focus on carbs. I'm not saying that. Um, What I am saying is that you can definitely eat the avocados, the nut butters, the nuts, the seeds, like, whatever whatever you want to, um, but put most of your focus on carbs. Um, so, you know, if you want to, I mean, you can make it however you want to, maybe 50-50, 75-25, 25-75, like, however you want to do it, it doesn't really matter, and, you know, that's another thing, too. I don't want people to get caught up in, like, percentages, right, right, right. Grams, you know, because, Literally when I tell somebody, eat a lot of carbs, you know, definitely eat the fat too, they're like, Well how many mm-hmm. how many grams should I have a day? I'm like, look, don't don't you're making this too complicated. It's Basically, a perfectionist eating yeah. disorder mindset
1: lingering, wanting to, you know, fix that.
0: And, you know, just go eat. Like my I tell everybody, go to the grocery store, get all of the foods that you have not allowed yourself to eat for months or years or however long, and just eat the food. And enjoy it, you know. Um, So wise. Yeah, so, you know, definitely. And here's the thing with fat, too. Fat has over double the amount of calories per gram than protein and carbs do. Protein and carbs do. So, like, you know, for one gram of fat, it's nine calories, whereas for protein and fat, it's only four calories. So for every gram of fat that you're eating, you're getting double the amount of calories that you would from carbs. So at the end of the day, your body really needs calories. Um, so if you want to add in the fat, like the more, the better, you know, um, but just don't skimp on the carbs either. So
1: awesome. Yeah. I wanted to just clear that up. So people didn't latch on to the one thing that you said of like, okay, don't eat fat, you know, which is totally (laughs) not what you're saying at all. I just wanted to kind of highlight that point. Um, and you know, it's, it's interesting because your work has been, I'll share a personal story, has been helpful for me because I, for for a while, you know, being on that track, I was... It took me a while to legalize all food groups, right? And I had legalized fat completely because I was like, all right, avocados and nuts and seeds and nut butters. And I was just kind of like you were saying, you know, not like when you were in that phase too. You know, it's just like, all right, this is what I need to get my period back. And so I was just really going hard on the the fats. But I wasn't really completely legalized with the carbs and i think that that is something that you know when you when you're talking about like eating fruit and eating sweet potatoes you're not talking about like you know one sweet potato a day and like greens the rest of the day or you know a piece of fruit here and there like you're talking like carbs with every meal and um and yeah. that was just something that i think is really good for people to hear this message in myself included because it's like oh, okay, there's another way to see it. There's another way to do it. And legalizing all the food groups um, is really important. And the carbs was kind of that last lingering one that, like, I was eating them, but maybe not in the quantity that my body really needed. So um, – so I think I just I commend you on that for sure. And you're kind of the queen of sweet potatoes on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so you eat a lot of sweet potatoes, obviously, and they are super healthy. Could you talk a little bit about why um eating potatoes are so effective and why you like them and and kind of what your what your kind of routine with sweet potatoes is? <laughs>
0: Yes, for sure. Oh my gosh. Sweet potatoes, or really any potato, um, is like my life. I mean, I love potatoes. I start every single day, for the most part. I mean, I'm not dogmatic about it, but I just love it. I enjoy it type of thing. um, With a sweet potato, and I have a hashtag on Instagram. It's called sweet potato banana mash. And um, basically, it's this It's so good. Oh, so you've had it? I've had it. Oh, so good. Yeah, so basically, um one day like last year my husband and I were just like making breakfast and for some reason we were eating potatoes. I guess we were like out of food, I don't know. And I was like, I don't want just a boring potato, I'm gonna add something to it. So I got a banana and I just like mashed it up together and added some cinnamon to it, and I was like, Oh my goodness, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. I had to try it after seeing all these posts. I was yeah. Like, what is all this hype? Yeah. And it's kind of like a um, simplified, like, sweet potato casserole, I guess. Like, your own personalized little casserole. Oh, yeah. Um, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. And so, like, you know, a lot of, like, I I can add, like, nuts. I can add nut butter. I can add sugar, coconut sugar, molasses, maple syrup. Like, I mean, the opportunities are endless with this thing. Um, But the thing is that... I, number one, you don't I don't even
1: need really any of that. It's so good just on its own.
0: Yeah. It re, and it's very sweet too, depending on how yeah. much you
1: put in it. Like it's super sweet. I like to put a little bit of, um, sea salt on the top to kind of cut all that sweetness.
0: Yes. I was just about to say that adding, if you add some sea salt and, um, cinnamon as well, it's just like, This, you know, and it's so versatile, like, you can eat it for breakfast, I've had it for dessert, like, tons of times, Um, you can add it with your meal, like, whatever, Um, but, you know, like, potatoes, to me, are just, like, the perfect food, Um, they are filled, you know, depending on what type of potato you're eating, they're filled with awesome amounts of carbs and starch, specifically, and it just, it's so great, like, for your blood sugar levels, it helps you just kind of, like, it keeps you fuller longer, you know. Um, I know a lot of my viewers are high on the fruit intake, specifically for breakfast, Uh, but, you know, they end up finding themselves starving within, like, an hour. Yeah,
1: I find that. Whenever I have fruit on an empty stomach, like a piece of fruit, I'm, I'm like, more hungry than I was before I ate the fruit an hour later.
0: Yes, exactly. And so whenever, you know, I start my day with a potato, it's like, I'm set for for a while, you know. Um, and another very important thing about that is the fact that so many people, specifically, like, the people I work with, um, they eat a lot of raw foods. And um, from, like, I've done some research into traditional Chinese medicine. And if you are, uh, like, yang deficient, like, if you're oh, that's
1: more... That's perfect. I was going to ask you about this anyway, so go for it.
0: Yeah, so, like, if you're more yin... Uh, This would mean that you're like super cold all the time. Like you have uh, maybe like really cold and clammy feet and hands. Like like, your fingertips are cold. You have a low body temperature, like a low basal body temperature. Um, Maybe you have some digestive problems. Like you're just like that person who is just walking around all the time, freezing like in the middle of July and everyone else is hot kind of thing. Yep, that's Um, me. (laughs) And so the protocol for that is to change up Your foods. And, um, you know, traditional Chinese medicine is so different from Western medicine in the sense that we look at food from the standpoint of, like, you know, calories, carbs, fats, protein. um, You know, how is this going to help me, like, get my vitamins in and my nutrients and that type of thing? And uh, from my understanding, traditional Chinese medicine, they look at food from the sense of, how is this working in the body? Like, how is it connecting to certain organs? How is it going to make you feel overall? Like, that type of thing. And so, um, you know, eating more cooked foods, specifically, like, there's a, I mean, you can, people can Google this and look all into it and everything, but eating more cooked foods really helps to warm the body. And so, like, you know, a lot of my viewers, they eat a lot of raw foods, specifically, like, raw vegetables or super watery fruits and stuff, and they're just like, I'm freezing all day long. Um, or they're eating a lot of like banana ice cream or whatever. Um, they're like, I'm just so cold. I'm like, look, you need to just totally take out all the raw foods, the frozen banana stuff, like all that, and eat cooked foods, specifically potatoes. Like they are going to warm you up so much. And, um, also adding more uh, salt to your diet and backing off the water intake big time. Um, too many people are drinking way too much water. So, um, you know, and I'm like, come back to me in two weeks. Let me know how you're doing. And they come back and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm sleeping so much better. I have so much energy. I'm warm. Like, I didn't have to wear my sweater to school today. You know, like, I just, I feel great, you know. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I kind of got off on a rabbit hole on that one. But uh, potatoes, yes, they are awesome. Um Any potato, sweet potato, Japanese sweet potato. Those are my favorite. Yes. They are so good, you know, and, you know, and two, like, I'm trying to break this mentality that carbs and potatoes are bad for you, you know, like, that's all you hear, like, stay away from potatoes and rice, like, it's going to make you fat and sick and everything, and that is not the case, like, they are so awesome for you.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think you know there's a in the health movement in the health world right now there's kind of this collective mindset that like the low fat craze was like a '90s thing and people are like oh the low fat craze like that's so '90s or '80s like we're so over that like eat good healthy fats and like that's kind of accepted but then at the same time not the low carb thing that's really outdated. And you really are kind of blowing the, the you know, the top off of that. But I think a lot of people, it's still lingering that like, okay, fats are okay now, got it. But carbs, nope, can't have those. And it's like so off. It's just, it was just a mindset shift that we all kind of need to go through to legalize this particular food group that i think there's so much fear around even more so than the fats you know i think for a while people were really scared of in in eating low fat but that kind of went away now um because of like the paleo diet and some other things and even like the you know raw food diet has a lot of fat in it but i think this one lingering area of carbs is something that just a lot of people haven't legalized so to have this conversation if if people just take away that one thing like, hey guys, carbs are okay, you know? Um, right. enjoy them. They're really good and they're really good for you. And that's that's really powerful. And um you know, the other thing too, like the whole yin and yang thing, I was I had an entire I wrote made myself a note to ask you about, um, because I resonate with that a ton. Like I definitely struggled with that from eating so many raw foods and um, and just you know adding more cooked foods in general is is really really great and balancing I remember I read in a um, I think it was like an intuitive eating book I can't keep track anymore but basically they were saying that you know um, or it might have been Janine Roth but I think she says if you're not having a warm meal like your body doesn't categorize it as having a meal and so you know of course I still eat things that aren't warm sometimes but like I definitely feel that and I definitely like feel more satisfied and satiated and comforted when my meal is warm and I think just eating cooked foods in general it's just so healing do you find that as well
0: yes definitely and you know the thing is too a lot of it um, has to do with your location as well. Um, you know, specifically, yeah, yeah. like, and you can kind of even feel this in your own body as the seasons change. Um, but, you know, a lot of people just naturally go back to eating more cooked foods, more soups, more like roasted vegetables, um, you know, that type of thing as the weather starts to really um, cool off. You know, like, I mean, the last thing you want to do in the middle of like January is eat like a salad, like a freezing cold salad, yeah. you know, yeah. like it just doesn't, you know. Um, but like in the summertime, you're probably not that, that interested in eating like super hot, spicy food, you know, like while you're sitting out by the pool type of thing, like you'd rather have something very refreshing. Um, so my whole thing is like, go with what your body is telling you, you know? Um, and that is like my whole thing that I try to drive home with people is that, a lot of people, even with the yin and yang thing, they will pick it and say, "Okay, I can only eat cooked right. food," right now. <laughs> you know. And it's like, "Oh my gosh, people!" Like, yeah. no, you know. Like, if you're if you're freezing, the best thing for you to do is to stop drinking so much water, eat more salt, eat a lot of uh, sugary foods, a lot of cooked foods, you know, and eat on a more consistent basis. Like, never let yourself get hungry. Um, whereas the opposite would be. Uh, You probably need to drink more water because you're probably that type of person who's just, like, sweating all the time, like, you hate when summer comes around, Um, you know, and you need to incorporate more raw foods, like, more raw fruits and vegetables in your diet uh, and back off the heavy cooked foods, you know. Um, So it's really just, like, a balancing act and figuring out where, like, and and it's really a day-to-day type of thing, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you might wake up one day and, like, feel... Like, oh, my goodness, I'm so hot today. Like, the last thing I want is a potato for breakfast. And that's okay, you know. Yeah. Um, But I think we're so apt to getting in this mindset of thinking, like, well, if it didn't work for me yesterday, then I'm not going to do it today either. And then it's like we stick to these little rules that we make. And it's like, no, you have to just take – don't even really take it one day at a time. Take it, you know, meal by meal. Yeah, like, Mm. you know, just figure out what you want in that meal if if you wake up and – you want, like, a smoothie for breakfast, go for it. If for lunch you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, go for it. If for dinner you want another peanut butter and jelly sandwich, go for it, you know? <laughs> like um,
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good point, too. I mean, I used to have this thing where, like, I would really think about what I – like, if I had the a sweet potato in the morning or if I had – like, I'd be like, all right, well, I already had that today, so I can't have that again for dinner even though, like – what I had for breakfast just sounded really good to have again, you know, like I would constantly, or I would choose like, all right, well I want to have a sweet potato for dinner. So I better eat something else for breakfast and lunch. So I can like save that, you know, and it's just like this mindset of like, what if, you know, I had a little bit of sweet potato with every meal or what if, you know, just really blowing the the top off of this fact that like there are any rules at all.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing we, And it's so hard to, like, figure out on an individual basis because we all have our own rules that we make. Like, some people, like we were talking about earlier, some people are terrified of high-fat foods. Whereas other people, like, that's all they eat is high-fat. Some people are terrified of carbs, whereas some people, that's all they eat. You know, some people will eat a pound of bacon and they won't touch a banana, but then there's people who will eat you know, 50 bananas and they won't touch bacon, you know, so it's like everybody has their different uh, type of rules that they set up and everything, Um, and, like, the whole thing is, like, you know, some of those rules can be healthy, you know, but at the end of the day, like, let's just not even go down that road, you know, like, let's just, if you like it, eat it, you know, like, just move on with your life. Yeah, like, life is so much more than food and exercise. I mean, that is, and yeah, it's so yeah. crazy. Honestly, like, the fascination with food and diet and exercise has literally gotten so out of control. Like, I can't even explain it to you. I mean, you know this, obviously, but, you right, know, it's, right. people are so obsessed with it. And, and, like, they're missing their life. Like, they're missing, their life is just mm-hmm. passing them by because they're so obsessed with what they're eating for dinner, what they're going to have their cheat meal for, what they're going to you they know, it
1: yesterday going through that before they fall asleep and like, you know, we've both obviously been there and then come out of it the other side and I think it's it's something that, you know, it's still a process and I still have to remind myself all the time, but I think it's um it's it can really shift when you look at like is this what you want to be remembered? for you know is this what you want to your life to be about like do you want to at your funeral them to say well she was really a clean eater you know (laughs) like it's just it's so not worth it and I think you know there's this there's this odd like juxtaposition of like having um, you know in our society with this like health movement and wellness craze and obviously both of you and I are sort of parts of it in a way but um, you know for for very different reasons than like the norm out there because I think there is this issue of like there are food deserts where people don't have access to um, produce and, you know, that's something that the health movement can can help with. But I think there's so many negative effects to it in the sense of people who don't really need the information are going Crazy with the information because it's all at our fingertips. Like these young girls who like, you know, when I was a kid, like I didn't know what a calorie was because like I didn't have the internet, you know, and I didn't like have an iPhone to be able to figure out all this stuff. But I probably would have, you know, to be honest, like I felt uncomfortable in my body and I just didn't really know what to do about it. But if I had this information, who knows where I would have been younger than when I did find myself in that place. So it's just interesting and i don't know how i don't know really what the answer is or, or what to how to protect it but it's it's funny that i feel like after everything we say we kind of have to bring this disclaimer of like but don't go too far you know this is good advice but like you know do what your body says and do it it's right for you in the moment and just live your life and i think you know if they take away anything from this conversation like that's what i think um you guys should really take away yeah um So on that same vein that I was just talking about, you have a video that I really loved about the changes of our bodies and how, you know, I think, I don't know if this is what you called it, but something like you're not a little girl anymore. And basically you talk about how it's natural for our weight to change. And you have a lot of people who come to your work who want to be at the weight that they were when they were 12 years old and how that's just not not where their body want is meant to be and we have to embrace that we do have curves as women and we do have more fat in our bodies than than men for a reason and um you know I was even talking to a a woman um on her podcast and she was telling me that her um clients a lot of times are much older like in their 40s and 50s and um, and beyond, and, and they want to look how they did in their in their 30s even. So, you know, like whether it's, you know, a 25-year-old wanting to look like they were when they were in high school or a 50-year-old trying to look how they were in their 30s, you know, we all have these ideals and, and really kind of embracing where you are. Could you talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, the, the whole catalyst for me to make that video was because I – You know, I have a separate video talking about the set point theory and the whole idea of, you know, if your body has been through any type of starvation, um, you know, and you're recovering from that. And when I say starvation, I don't mean just like, you know, you're literally like stuck in a room and you don't get to eat. Like if you're restricting your calories, you're on a certain diet, like you're overexercising, whatever, that is seen as starvation by your body. And uh, as you recover from that, you will most likely studies have shown specifically from the Minnesota starvation experiment that you will gain up to your set point most of the time, at least 10% over your set point, And then your body will naturally level back down to your set point. And so I talked about that in, in a video and everything. And um, so I get this huge influx of emails saying like, you know, from younger girls, literally they're like anywhere from 12 to 17 um, saying, okay, so you're basically telling me like, uh, once I gain the weight then i 'm going to go back down to the weight that I was um previously, and I was like, "No, not exactly, specifically in the uh, uh, with the point that you are twelve years old, you know like right. you, you started your eating disorder when you were twelve, and here you are now at you know sixteen, you are growing into like a woman, you know like you 're a young lady, you are not a child anymore, and um the set point theory does not work for young kids, you know, or for people going through puberty specifically, I mean, that's the time when you are actually growing, your hormones are actually really working, they're trying to get all sorted out, you're gaining body fat in various areas of your body, and like, you know, that's the whole point, and I think that it's so different, like, difficult for younger girls, especially to accept this, because when you have, like, you know, anorexia, or just any type of disordered thoughts with your body image, most of these people like to have this thought of looking like a child, you know, Um, and not that they want to actually look like a little kid, but that's basically the image that they're going to look from behind. (laughs) Yeah, their body. (laughs) Exactly, like, and it's, you know, it's, there's no curves, there's no boobs, there's no butt, there's no hips, there's no legs, like, there's nothing, Um, and not to say, like, the people who are naturally like skinny like that. There's anything wrong with it. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying the fascination of wanting to be what you look like or even what you weighed as a child. Um, And when you tell a girl, you know, you're 17, 18, you're 22 now, like you're not going to lose back down to 100 pounds. You know, like you're 5'8", and right now you weigh 140 like the <laughs> weighing a hundred pounds is the worst thing you could ever do to yourself, you know. Um, and I think too, along with this, there's this myth out there that girls think that whatever weight they were when they got their their very first period is the weight is their healthy weight, um, and that is so skewed. Like I've heard that so many times, and I've even read that on various things where you know they think okay, I got my period when I weighed 115 pounds, now I weigh 130, and I really want to get down to what I weighed when I was 115. It's like, well, let's think about this for a minute. Depending on when you went through puberty, you know, for everybody, it's different. Uh, specifically nowadays, girls are going through, you know, like puberty way earlier. Uh, you could have been eight years old when you when that happened, you know, Um the last thing you want to do is go back down to that. And so, you know, that whole video was just like, look, you are growing into a woman or even like into a young man. I work with a lot of guys too, and you're going to be like filling out basically in a roundabout way. And it's a beautiful thing, you know? Like that's the whole point of growing up. And honestly, that time, like the whole like puberty time is the last time in your life that you want to be putting your body through any type of Severe calorie restriction, over exercise, or a combination of the two. Like you don't want to do that at that point because that's like your growing time, you know. Right. Um. So, like, you know, just really encouraging people just to say, look, like, you're a woman. Like, you're growing into a woman. You're 16. You're 18. You're 22. Like, however old you are, you're not a child anymore. You know. Um. That yeah. that's how it is. You know. Yeah, that's powerful, and I'm really glad that you
1: spoke about that. And you mentioned, um. The Minnesota starvation experiment. And um, it's so funny because that experiment, I will never forget this, and I've never shared this on the podcast. I've shared a lot about my journey, but I don't think I've shared this. But I remember, like, at the height of my, like, lowest of lows physically and, you know, mentally, um, with my eating disorder, I was told about that experiment. And um, it really, really was kind of – you know, it was a process after that, but it really kind of flipped my light on. I'm like, oh, wow, I got to get my act together because this could have very detrimental effects on me if I don't long term. And um, it's something that you have referred to quite a bit in your work. Could you just talk a little bit more about that so we could kind of have a dialogue to people who might not be familiar with that experiment?
0: Yeah, so basically it was this experiment done by this guy named uh, Dr. Ansel Keys, and he wanted to see what it would be like uh, for the human body to go through starvation because this was during, like, the wartime or whatever. And so he gets these guys, and obviously they volunteered, like, you know, they're not wanting to do this really, but they volunteer, and he puts them on a pretty strict uh, diet, and everything is, like, you know, documented, everything is, um, like, recorded, everything. So, basically, they have a couple of different phases, and one of the phases, they're just kind of, like, on a regular, normal calorie intake where they eat, I think it's it's either 3,000 or 3,200 calories per day, and these are just normal, average men. Um, and then what he does is he says, okay, we're going to drop your calories down to 1,570, and... We're going to see what happens. And so right off the bat, just saying 1,570, a lot of people would not consider that starvation. Um, specifically from a woman's standpoint, any magazine that you pick up at the supermarket today is going to tell you to get on a diet of at least 1,500 calories or below. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the interesting thing is how this thing played out. Over the next few months, these guys literally lost I mean like they looked like holocaust survivors. Um and it's so interesting. I mean you can just google this online and read it for yourself, but they they talked about all the struggles that they went through with their obsession with food, how they all they wanted to do was watch cooking shows and read cookbooks and cooking magazines. It's fascinating. Yes, and like every time they went to the movies like with their uh someone they were dating or whatever, the most um like interesting part of the movie was when the people were eating in the movie um yeah and even like their sex drive like their libido totally went out of like out of existence like they didn't even care about sex um and they couldn't really do anything and the really interesting thing about this is that they were not doing any type of crazy exercise um like they were they were walking 22 miles a week which comes out to be about three miles per day so if you take that and you like correlate that with how we treat our bodies today, you know we're doing a whole lot more walk, a whole lot more exercise than just three miles of walking per day, and most people are limiting their calories way far below fifteen hundred and seventy. Um, you know we wonder why we have these issues of why all we do is look at food pictures all day, or why all we do is yeah. think about our next meal, or why we binge out. On the weekends, on like pizza, cake, and ice cream, you know. Um, yeah. So, but uh, so I was just gonna say, so what happens is they go through like this refeeding time, and um, he wants to see at what at what level of calories is it going to take them to recover their bodies and recover like their mental state, recover their libido, like everything. And uh, basically, in a nutshell, he raises their calories, and it's not enough. And so he raises it some more and it's not enough. And so basically, he's like, okay, he lets it go to where they can eat as much as they want. And reading through that part of it was insane. Just seeing how um, they would eat up to 10,000 calories per day and still be hungry. Um, You know, and this went on for months and months and months and months. And they were experiencing something called extreme hunger, where you literally you cannot get full. Like your stomach might look like it's about to literally explode, but your mind cannot make the connection with your gut that, okay, it's time to stop eating on full. Like your body is so depleted from calories and energy that all it wants to do is eat. And that's all they did was just eat 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 meat, 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 meat. And the really cool thing about this, and this is what I tell all the people that I work with is, look, if you will just keep Going forward, do not exercise, let your body rest, give in to your hunger cues, like if you want a whole pizza to yourself, eat the pizza, you know, like don't restrict your calories at all. You will end up being just like these guys who ate as much as they wanted to, they gained 10% over their set point, and then they effortlessly lost back to their original set point before they even started this experiment. Um... And their, like, libido came back. Their energy came back. They didn't think about food anymore. Uh, But even in addition to that, this will be the last thing I say about it, is that it really affected a lot of them, too, negatively for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, some of them, like, still didn't really feel 100% the same. And, like, a lot of them went through that, and they, like, wanted to become uh, chefs and cooks and stuff. Whereas before, they were, like, really into like patriotic type of things or they were engineers or something like that. Like their whole brain chemistry even switched to being so obsessed with like food and stuff. And um, it's just an awesome, like, I mean, I just love reading through it like all the time, but um, it really is eye opening, you know, and I wish that there were more studies out there like that. But I mean, it's, it's pretty in depth, it's pretty thorough yeah I mean I
1: think it makes sense that there's not because um, I was actually having that conversation with a previous podcast guest Christy Harrison and she was she's a dietitian and nutritionist who also you know uses the study like much like you do with your clients and um, and patients and the, and the interesting thing is is she was saying that like now studying humans like this wouldn't be um, ethically allowed because you um, of these detrimental effects that change the course of these people's lives. And, and right. so people wouldn't be able to go through this. So it's like, it's great that we have this experiment, but, um, you know, for me, whenever I, and it really changed the trajectory of, of things for me when I, when I, I will never forget like being in this dietitian's office at rock bottom and then learning about this experiment. And I was like, Oh wow. You know, it really affected me. So I'm so glad it exists. But, I'm also very sad for these men because it really changed the trajectory of their careers and their lives, which is, um, you know, and I, again, I believe everything happens for a reason. So it was part of their path, I'm sure. But um, but it's interesting. And I see that a lot now. Like I see so many girls who, you know, got into wellness or health or fitness, and then they become personal trainers or health coaches or, you um, you know whatever and and I all and I also question that for myself you know I'm so glad with what I'm doing now and obviously mine goes m- further out of nutrition than, than just health and food and nutrition but it sort of started that way um because of where I was at the time when I when I was you know when our when our careers are kind of in this malleable place like when they're um, when we're young, you know, like the girls that you work with and the people that you work with, it's very easy to just be like, oh, well, I'm really into food and nutrition, so I'll just be a nutritionist or a personal yeah. trainer or whatever. And and that's kind of a scary thing because what if this person was really into, you know, journalism or science or, you know, something else? It's it's interesting to think about.
0: Exactly. I mean, and honestly, the the same thing happened to me. I mean, like I – I'm just like you, you know, I have to look at this and be like, well, you know, here I am doing this, you know, but, you know, for the longest time, I was so interested in like marine biology, you know, and then once you go through this type of thing, you know, I I mean, I really would, obviously, they're never going to do studies like this again. But it would be interesting to know the actual brain chemistry behind this and how things change. um, Because now it's like, I could care less for marine biology, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know some of that, too, is just, like, me growing up and moving on with life, and that was, like, 10 years ago, you know? Um, But the really ironic thing I wanted to say about that is, you know, like you were saying, I guess you said it was Christy Harrison who was saying, like, they would definitely never do this again for ethical reasons, but it's so funny that we're doing this to ourselves on a daily basis. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I mean, you could do an experiment on yourself. Right, you know, like you are the experiment. And that's the scary thing. Like I tell so many people I work with, I'm like, look, and you're worse. Yeah, like you have basically turned yourself into a science experiment. That's all that you are, you know, the yeah. way that you weigh out your food, you track your calories, you, um, you know, you make sure you hit your your macronutrients every day, you're timing yourself as you run, you're keeping up with your heart rate, like, you are your own science experiment. That's how crazy it is. Like, Give it up. Just go
1: live your life, you know? Exactly. And we're doing, you know, like you said, we're doing worse things to our bodies than they were even doing in this experiment. And, you know, we think that our weight is in our control. And um, Isabel Fox and Duke, my mentor, you know, she really teaches that our weight really isn't in our control. That set point really isn't in our control. And it's, it's different for everybody. And I, we think that we can control our weight and we can for a period of time, but it's not sustainable and it's not healthy. And, and people—the sad thing is that people can spend their lives, you know, unhappily, you know, manipulating their weight to be a certain way that it's not meant to be. But um, yeah. but that set point is is different for everybody. And like body diversity exists, and thank God it does because it life would be so boring if it didn't. So yeah.
0: um,
1: it's interesting you know. to
0: say that because um, so I was talking to somebody the other day about uh, oh they were like. Um, you know, my, my goal, my main goals are to, you know, eat healthy, exercise for fun and stay at the weight that I want to be at, um, you know, that I'm comfortable with. And I told him, I was like, look, um, you have to understand that your weight is not up for you to decide. Like, and that's not up for me to decide or another coach or anybody else. It's up for your body to decide. And until you're able to just let go of the control and say, okay, I'm going to heal my body or, okay, I'm going to just stop, like, abusing my body, your body is never going to get to that, that weight. And the beautiful thing about the set point weight is that is your weight that you will effortlessly maintain without having to do crazy amounts of exercise, without having to calorie restrict. And that's the, that's the weight that your body loves to be at from a hormonal perspective. From a satiation perspective, from just like, you know, being happy all around type of thing. Um, and the more that we try to fight that, the more that we mess it up. And the interesting thing is, we can actually end up raising that set point in the long run and being even worse off than we were to begin with.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's the hard part. And I think you know the hard part too for a lot of people healing, whether it's from an eating disorder, whether it's just from chronic dieting. And I actually just wrote an article about this today, but you know, going through that hump of, you know, going over the set point and then again, balancing out just like the, that the people in the study had to do. Um, You know, it's interesting because that's a really difficult hump, you know? And I think there there's kind of all these difficult humps, and I've had to go through them, and I'm still going through them, to be honest, but, like, my body changed a ton from when I was in the really scary place, and then it changed a ton from that, and then it changed a ton from that. And I feel like every year, since, you know, my healing hasn't been that long, I'm having to buy different clothes, and my body's just constantly changing. And every time I have to kind of coach myself and be like okay, no, this is good. All right. It's different. It's good. All right. Let's move on, you know, but, um, but I think that, you know, like getting clothes that fit you and just like being, you know, because life is triggering, like, you know, that's triggering, but like just really surrounding yourself with positive body image role models. You know, that's something that Isabel talks about too, is the only proven way to improve your body image is actually exposure therapy. So that's looking at idealized images of people your size or bigger so that's like plus size models or people who are you know really beautiful um but you know not like your drab aunt or something that like whatever but someone who's like a a, people your size or bigger that you can find ideally in your life but even if you can follow them online and that really helped me because you know it's easier to find beauty in other people than in ourselves. And once we start using that muscle by finding the beauty in other people, it's easier to, to see that in ourselves. And, um, and I think that like that's really important for getting over those humps of like, all right, my body is changing, but I'm okay. It's okay. And it's going to change again and again and again and again throughout our lives. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's trippy, you know, it's trippy for your mind to have to like, go through is especially, and it's it's even more so because all day long we're getting the, the message that like this one type of body shape, this thin type of body shape is the ideal because that's what the media is telling us. So it's really important that you fill your life with those images I was just speaking of and like conversations like we're having right now. And just because there's another way to see it, you know, following different Instagram accounts instead of just clean eats, hashtag, you know, or whatever it is.
0: Exactly. Um, And it's so interesting you say that because that is one of the things um, I really encourage people to do. Like, I love what you just said about um, your mentor saying, like, look at images that are your body type or bigger. Um, Because one of the questions that I ask people during a consultation is, like, you know, what type of uh, things – on Instagram do you follow? What about Tumblr, YouTube, uh, Facebook, like any, like, what are you looking at all day long? And most of the time it's fitness, health, diets, you know, workouts, exercise, whatever. And my whole thing is like, you have to understand how powerful your mind is. And the idea that whatever you're constantly exposed to is basically going to end up being how you think and ultimately living your life. And so if you are constantly looking at pictures of half-naked women like preaching this message of count your your calories, um, you know, uh, like uh, go work out more, do this exercise, don't eat this type of food, like look like me, then that is, that's like what you're gonna be, you know, like that's all you're gonna think about. Um, And so I really encourage people like, unfollow anybody who is triggering like in any way and um get more diverse like in your in what you follow like follow art accounts or follow you know like travel accounts or animal accounts or funny accounts or whatever you know Mm -hmm. and same thing just in your own life like stop obsessing over exercise and food and get more in tune with what what you like Yeah. yeah you know art and music and photography and like like gardening and you know stuff like that that were probably your biggest hobbies before you went through this whole disordered eating or over exercise thing and get back in touch with who you are like I mean I talk to girls all the time They're like I love painting but I haven't painted in forever and I'm like okay don't go tomorrow to the gym and go paint you know like that's what you want to do. That's that's a part of who you are. You know, exercising is not a part of who you are. It's just something that you do, you know. Um, right. And I think we have to really
1: keep in mind that we have to replace things. You know, like if you – dieting becomes this hobby, right, and controlling your weight and exercising, it becomes a hobby. And so when you remove it, we start to, like, freak out. I know that that was the case for me. Like, I was like, well, if I'm not Googling, you know – gluten-free vegan raw recipe is like what am I going to do with my dime you know and so yeah. I think um it goes back to that that Ansel Keys study like you you know these people were you become obsessed with that and then as you heal like it's easy to to make that your career but it's also you know you have to think like well what do I even like you have to kind of get to know yourself because your hobby yeah. has and your your entire like sometimes your identity and I think for a lot of people like you know, you, like, my whole, like, trajectory of what I do is really expanded beyond, you know, I talk about food and nutrition, but I also talk about art and fashion and, like, all sorts of things. And, you know, right. and wellness, I look at wellness as, like, this big umbrella that's, like, you know, living in a clutter-free, minimalistic home and feng shui and, um, you know, yes, physical wellness, but also, like, your spiritual wellness and your relationships and looking at it from a really broad way because like we've said this entire conversation it's not about the food and you know finding those hobbies and and filling yourself up with you know primary food of nourishment from your relationships and your life right so
0: exactly yeah and I love what you said replace that I've read that a lot about the whole idea of replace and distract so you know if you're the type of person who gets up at five in the morning to go for your hour long run instead of doing that either a the best idea would be just sleep. to sleep <laughs> yeah sleep in or b take that time and maybe just go sit outside with like you know like a cup of tea or go meet a friend like at the coffee shop and get a muffin or do some painting like do a non-active type of thing if that's for your exercise you know and for diet issues and stuff you have to literally make yourself do something different, you know, and I think that's a big part of it, too. A lot of people want to know, like, the secret of, how do I stop, you know, counting calories? How do I stop researching gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free, nut-free, raw (laughs) vegan, like, recipes, you know? Uh, And the whole thing is, you just have to do it. Like, you have to take the proactive steps, unfollow certain accounts, throw away your food scale, throw away your weight scale in the bathroom, throw away your measuring cups, like,
1: you know even get
0: off of social media if you have to like stop yourself from researching certain things like you have to take those steps and um if you can do that like it's very hard you know mm-hmm. and yeah. a lot of people think it would be so easy but my whole thing is look if you had the ability and like the grit and the grime to get up at 4:30 and go run hill sprints and then come back and eat like egg whites or eat like an organic like mango or something all day long then you definitely have the grit and the grime to push through this yes Yes. and like it's so many people want to say that it takes a lot of discipline and perseverance and like hard work to work out hard and build muscles and stick to your diet and all that kind of thing but I honestly like being on both sides of that think that it's more difficult to not do those things Mm -hmm. um You know, because those things are literally, like, an addiction. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, I I always say this.
1: Dieting is the addiction, not food. Not, you know, it's like we become addicted to to the diet. And I think, um, yeah, well said. Everything you said there, I just agree with 100%. And I think, you know, have some grit, like you said. And just the easy thing would be to keep dieting and, and sit on your hands and, like, keep doing it because it's it's easy, it's routine, but the difficult thing is changing the habit, changing the pattern, and it's the right thing to do, you know, so what's, what's, exactly. what they say about, you know, what's easy isn't always right and, you know, whatever that situation is, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so this has been an amazing conversation. I can't believe it's, I had, like, a bunch more things I was going to ask you, but it's gone by super fast, so let's, um, I'm going to ask you my signature quick questions. question. you ready for them?
0: Yeah, so I just answer whatever the first thing that comes to my mind. Yep, you've got it. I'm nervous, like I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth. No idea, alright, don't be scared, it's going to be
1: fun. Favorite color?
0: Uh, red.
1: Favorite day of the week?
0: Saturday, Sunday. Favorite hour of the day? Oh, probably six o'clock in the morning. Favorite fruit? Bananas. Favorite vegetable?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh, carrots? Oh, man, you didn't say sweet potatoes.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't even, I guess, yeah.
1: I'll, I'll do sweet you can, potatoes. You can pick two. <laughs> yeah. Favorite uh, on-the-go snack?
0: Um,
1: pretzels. Favorite travel tips or travel snacks?
0: Travel snacks?
1: Yeah, either way.
0: Um, I would say uh, potatoes are really easy. <laughs> potatoes are so easy to travel with. Cook a potato and bring it. Favorite meal you've eaten recently,
1: like in the last week, we'll say? Uh, peanut butter and jelly. Favorite um, way to relax? Ooh, taking a hot bath. So good. I love taking baths too. Yes. What does your morning routine look like? Can you share with us the first few things you do when you wake up in the morning and how that affects how
0: the rest of your day goes? Yeah, so um, I literally wake up at pretty much the same time every single day. I don't set an alarm or anything. My body just, like, naturally wakes up around 6 o'clock, 6.30. And as soon as I wake up, I basically just kind of lay in bed and just pray and ask that God would just, you know – lead me in the right direction that day, help me to just stay focused on what I'm doing. And then I usually just lay there for a little while and wait for my husband to wake up and then we'll get up and um, usually we'll go for like a little walk, take our dog for a walk in the morning. Um, I might do some yoga. um, And then really, I mean, I just eat breakfast. You know, most of the time it's my potatoes and uh, bananas or oatmeal or whatever. And then just kind of get ready for the day. It's pretty pretty low key. Nothing really intense. I love it. And, yes. and
1: on the other end of the day, what are the last few things you do before bed and just kind of ways you relax at the end of a day?
0: Uh, so I love this question because this is something that I have really been working on. I've struggled with this for a long time. But um, I lately have been cutting off my phone or my computer anything like that like around at least seven thirty eight o'clock and and then i'll just like get a book and just start reading like and i'll turn all the lights down really low turn the air down really low and just literally relax like maybe i'll take a bath or something but you know at least um an hour or two before bed like i'm super like trying to get super 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 relaxed um it is so tempting for me to want to grab my phone or my computer or something, but I'm just like, no, don't touch it. Like, just read the book and go to sleep. <laughs> so yes. yeah. I'm excited. But yeah, yeah.
1: What is, if you, if this entire episode got deleted, it's not going to, knock on wood, but, and you could, and you would only have people be able to remember one practical tip, practical wellness tip you could give them, what would you really want people to take away from this?
0: Um, basically just love yourself. Um, love yourself. Don't get caught up in food and exercise. Live your life. You only have one. It could end tomorrow. And, you know, just love yourself. No matter where you are in your health journey, if you're underweight, overweight, perfect weight, whatever. Like, if you do not love yourself now, you are never going to love yourself. Whenever you do get to your Go wait or whatever. Like, it's never going to be good enough. So you have to accept yourself and love yourself the way that you are now.
1: Mm, that's amazing. That's so amazing. If you could have a superhero power for a day, what would it be? Oh, my gosh.
0: Um Probably flying. I think that would be so fun.
1: Yeah, it would be really fun. Yeah. For sure. Um Okay. If you had to choose one book that you would recommend to the Wellness Wonderland, what book would it
0: be? Oh goodness. That is an awesome question. Um I would say The Purpose-Driven Life by Rick Warren. Mm-hmm. That is an awesome book. It's very, you know, it really kind of brings you back to who you are as a person as God created you and it takes your mind off of being obsessed with diet and exercise. Cool. So. Okay. Yeah, I heard of it. I gotta check it out. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: All right, so my final question, my signature question, as you know, the name of my blog and this podcast is the Wellness Wonderland. So when I offer that term to you, Audra, to live in a Wellness Wonderland, what does that mean to you? What comes up?
0: Um, honestly, the first thing that came up was Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> um, but even in that, is just enjoying your life, you know, like. Be and when I hear the word wellness, I don't think just health like our physical health, but your mental health, your emotional health, your relational health, your social health like everything that goes into your life, just enjoying it and making the most out of every single day. Um, you know, because again, like it could all be over tomorrow, and if you're not enjoying it and if you're not like happy within that, no matter what your situation is like, you know, we're all going to have bad days, but. Uh, if you're not enjoying it then what's it worth you know like what are you even doing so that's that's kind of my thing you know just enjoy your life enjoy wherever you are whatever you're doing make the most out of it and thank god at the end of the day that you're alive today so Mm -hmm. i love that amazing
1: answer thank you so much for everything you shared and for coming on the show it's been really fun
0: I was, this is awesome. I would love to do it again another time. So this was so, I'm honored to be on here. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you everyone for listening.
1: See you next week. Bye.